Music episode. With sound, music. Sound. Yeah, music. I've gone more kind of the sound route yeah. than music, but there is some music in mind. We're here with Helmet from the from music generally. Yeah. That's that's what you're from. I'm from music. <laughs> it's a little place just outside uh, <laughs> sound. So you sprinter or musician. Yes. Did you, would you have just heard it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just just right there at the start. I mean obviously we played it live. Uh, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yes. no, normally you're just in the kitchen, like, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, you know we yeah. point at you and you okay, go. He's just detangling all the chords yeah. and like all the guitars and everything now. I think I think I did that a good performance this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Solid. It sounds exactly like the studio one, but it's, uh, it was live. It's a rare talent to be able to do that. So many bands, you go see them live, they just yeah. sound like a shambles. Um, yeah, and yeah. and obviously Garden of the Galaxy did a great job as well. Yeah, they did. They Again, sticking in, in around the 70s and 80s there, yeah. Yeah, but it's weird because... Um, I often find out what is what songs are in I don't see movies in the cinema automatically straight away but I'll always know what songs are in them from when I'm DJing and someone goes can you play Fleetwood Mac to Chain and I go oh that's a weird request okay and then two minutes later some like 17 year old go can you play Fleetwood Mac to Chain I'm like well, okay what film is it in because there's no way that's just a coincidence that it's like, so, yeah. somebody yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah yeah, yeah. but I also hate that because it was like now it's a cool thing <laughs> so I, 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 think, I think you were there the day I snapped at people when me and Ham used to DJ together and I snapped when for about two years three years straight we'd been playing the first uh, System of an Down album yeah. right? and then the second System of an Down album came out and people come up and go oh can you play System of an Down normally you used to play System of an Down and get three or four people on the dance floor yeah, yeah. and then like we played one off the new album and there's like 80 people and I'm in the bottom half of the DJ box going like where the fuck were you like that <laughs> definitely <laughs> but yeah you can kind of see that in film as well where suddenly everyone's like oh, I love that track it's like two yeah. weeks ago you didn't know what that track was yeah. and I know that sounds incredibly hipster <laughs> it's, like, well, it's not that it's, it's not just hipster you also sound quite curmudgeonly as yeah. well yeah. 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 I am an old git like so yeah the, but it's uh, how they it's how they ask me that gets me they'll be like can you play CM Punk's team I'm like oh, come on say the name of the song because yeah. that was a song before CM Punk yeah, existed yeah. yes yeah, it yeah, always yeah, existed yeah. he was definitely born <laughs> <laughs> oh, god I love the soundtrack for the crow for the crow the I crow. just love it I just love every bit of it <laughs> I just love that's it amazing. that's amazing I know it's, no, that's just really good one like. but uh, like it has it has helmet on it it has the cure yeah it has the best one of the best cure songs it has a great Nine Inch Nails song it's just yeah the, the Joy Division cover I just think it's Solid the entire way through, and um, it reminds me sort of of Judgment Night, except there was no collaborations. <laughs> In a <laughs> way, it went from solid. the road to Judgment Night. Yeah, no, it just had that because the helmet around that as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But uh, the helmet's bad, not me. Yeah. And <laughs> refers to himself yeah. in the third person. Yeah. yeah. He's wearing a picture just saying, I am the helmet. There was a very confusing picture recently when it was it, it was helmet with your man from helmet. From helmet. Like, yeah, helmet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his sweat patch on his t shirt was in the shape of the crow. Yeah. That's brilliant. So spooky. Very weird. Maybe maybe that's on purpose. It's an artistic thing. He chooses mm. to sweat. He just like ha- that. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He's, ha- he's hair all over his body except for that bit so the sweat comes through. That uh 
Let's see if Capello stopped the show. Obviously, we're talking about songs. Oh, obviously. But, like, <laughs> that, that was the only thing the crow was missing. was, like, you know, top, saxophone. topless oiled sax man. Yes. Like, you know, giving it some, It's like he's playing a, he's playing a guitar on one roof and he just looks over and Tim Capello's in the other one and just joins <laughs> yeah. in. Like. Oh, well. And if we're linking the stuff after this, let's just link to the 10 hours of oiled saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you're going to be to Photoshop him into the crow. No. Uh, anyway. Probably uh, easier to just uh, hurt him. Actually, it's me. Yeah. as a mean comment. You're probably got him for a photo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still can tell the fellow he's definitely still <laughs> brilliant <laughs> that kind of thing of nostalgic stuff I was going to mention Donnie Darko um, oh, that's brilliant. it is a very good one and it, it was the first one where I saw it and they'd gone back to all that music and I was looking like going, that's somebody's love letter like that's not that there was a good music supervisor and they like picked it out that I felt like the movie and the music kind of went hand in hand but the little girl in that uh, is in the sequel. It's called S. Darko. Yeah. And it's just her. And I was like watching it going, why is this movie? But why? Yeah. What, 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 why is it? Why, why is this movie? <laughs> Actually, speaking of Donnie Darko, the, the use of the Tears Fears at the mm. end of that. Not not Gary Jules. Don't give him credit. Okay, yeah, he, he did a good version, but it's not his song. But it was like, when it, when it started, I was I mean, like... it wasn't Michael Stipe. <laughs> it almost sounded like him. Um... But uh, the voice wasn't wavering enough. Yeah. Um, but when he, when it started, I was like, because I remember watching the film and all the way through that film, the first time I've seen it, I was just like mind blown. I was like, yeah. this is just insane. Like. Mm. And then it gets to that bit and the piano kicks in. I'm like, okay, right. And normally it doesn't grab me that much. But then when he started singing, I was like, that's Tears for Fears. Yeah. That, holy shit, that's a really good cover. And it actually pulled me out of the film because I was so yeah. struck by how good a cover was. It was my first time hearing it. Yeah that I wasn't paying attention to what was happening yeah. and everyone looking wistfully and crying. And I'm like, but I'm like, holy shit, like, because like growing up, three older sisters and older brother, all like 10 to 15 years older than me. Yeah. I was very much exposed to like the pop music of the early 80s. And like, yeah. So so like I, I recognized it nearly straight away. I was like, holy shit, that's Tears for Fears. And I couldn't put the name in the song. Yeah. You know what I mean? But even though it's in the chorus, I was just like, I, was like <laughs> I just knew from the opening line and stuff, I was like, that's just weird. Like, yeah. Um, and then I had the, though it's not related to film, but I had the opposite experience when the first time I heard uh, Heartbeats, but the knife version of Heartbeats. After your man, Jose Inglésias had done it. Right. Uh, for, like for that Sony Ravi ad where he does an acoustic. So I knew that version. And yeah. then I hear the other version and I went like, oh my God, what have they done to the song? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean it's the original? <laughs> oh, it's yeah. just, it was, Absolutely. it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't grab me like, but then it, it grew on me. But yeah, it's, I think that it's the danger and there was that, Trailer thing, yeah. it can work in a trailer, but when it happened in the film Donnie Darko, I just kind of got pulled out of it. I was like, I died. Oh, that happened to me with uh, Shoot 'em Up when Nirvana's Breed came on during the fight scene. And I was like, I can't enjoy all of this at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Yeah. I'll have to rewatch this scene and go, right, I'm having the Nirvana while I'm watching Shoot 'em Up, and then later I'll have it watching Shoot 'em Up while I'm listening to Nirvana. Yeah. Just too much in my head going on at the same time. That's brilliant. Yeah. Almost happened in Baby Driver when Focus, Focus, Focus came on. But he was running around. I was like, no, get back in your car. You're <laughs> <laughs> not called Baby Runner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like this bit. Baby you know, Runner. He, he wasn't running fast enough to keep up with the song. That's brilliant. That's incredible. It's really all I can think about. Like Brighton Rock. I see I'm not a huge Queen fan. 
although I know they're brilliant. That's a weird thing we had yeah. on the podcasting. I can tell when a band is brilliant, but I don't like them. That, but that, 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 like, I, I, it's very mature of me. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Humble, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just patting his own back right now. Yeah. It's the one thing I'll say. Well, at least, you know, I've got that going for me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> But that's one thing that people used to always kind of look at me funny when I go, like, I don't like Black Sabbath. And they're like, but you're into metal. It's like, okay. Yeah. And like, but how do you not like Black Sabbath? It's like, no, no, no. I appreciate what they've done. But I, you know, I, I, music has evolved from them. They're like, yeah. they're, they're the progenitor, yeah. but they're not the reason, they're not the be all and end all. What do you mean you don't like petty, penny farthings? You like Ferraris, don't you? Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so I've, I've seen you wind up a Ducati. How do you not yeah. like them? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I just don't like unicycles. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And you love this. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, um, Johnny, what's your film? What's your. Uh, I will I'll immediately qualify this by saying I do very little work for this podcast. Okay. I do, <laughs> I do so little work. You for host this. it. I it's, do. I it's always it. recorded in Johnny's apartment. If anyone's yeah. wondering, we I just took the sex swing away and <laughs> just make it slightly. Just hung a corpse instead to make it less weird. Are, yeah. all, those, all those eye eyelets in the ceiling. Yeah. Um, but for I actually did some work this time, and yesterday sitting at work, I listened to the entire Batman Forever soundtrack. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Because they had, I didn't know this because they, uh, first of all, it was Joel Schumacher and he told the composer, I don't want it to sound like Danny Elfman. Don't do anything Danny Elfman. Good. So, and then the music supervisor came along and put together this soundtrack and it was You Two, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. It was great. Shoom. Seal, Kiss From a Rose. Banger. <laughs> Which is amazing. Best song ever. Yeah. Best song ever made. Um, and then it had the Flaming Lips and Brandy and Method Man and yeah. Nick Cave and PJ Harvey and Massive Attack oh and In Excess and it was that's this, a great choice like they just wanted to, they wanted to bring pop back to film and they all these songs a lot of people gave songs to the soundtrack and I was like that's crazy and do you know what it's been so long since I've seen that movie that I don't remember half of these because they're not in the movie yeah no no, no like there's four of those songs that are in the movie uh, my actual choice was Spinal Tap uh, I was trying. To, I was trying. To, I was genuinely trying to think of like a really, really good soundtrack, and I wanted one that had original music uh, for it, which is why Batman Forever, um, as as impressive as it is, I did want one with original music. Uh, and there's a quote from Justin Timberlake when he was making Inside Lewin Davis. There's a bit about halfway through that where he has to do kind of a jokey song, and it's the point where the the Lewin Davis character, this folk singer is finally selling out, like he's <laughs> whoring himself out as a session musician yeah. to this really poppy, kind of politically active and kind of like, oh yeah, like great. like a really middle of the road sort of thing. Mm. And they were saying that it was the hardest thing in the world to write a song that had to be good and shit. Like it yeah. had to be shit that you could listen to it and go, oh, this is him selling out. Like this is the shitty, this is the yeah. shitty shit he has to do. But yeah. it couldn't be a bad song because who the fuck wants to listen to a bad song? Yeah. So they had to make, they listened to so much kind of crappy political uh, folk music <laughs> from the day and pop music and tried to make this and every song in Spinal Tap is that they've gone like they were, like we'll make satire that's a good example oh, yeah. of the form and they made ridiculously good songs and just the line tonight I'm gonna rock you tonight is the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard just the, the redundancy it's, it's the piano bit in that in that film as well where he's, there oh, and yeah. he's playing and it's like it's very uh, it's D minor it's very uh, somber it's, mellow tune and it's very somber key and it's like it's beautiful man it's beautiful what's it called it's a lick my love pump like, yeah it's fantastic <laughs> like, 
But even even the, the little history of all their songs, and there's the one where they're the Beatles, he kind of bad is like, you know what I want, ding, 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 ding. Oh, maybe you don't. <laughs> and it's such a shitty they song. They nailed it. They so shitty songwriting. It's, that's yeah. the thing. It's, it's, it's actually, like, that's it's probably why it's so impressive. It's hard to be actively that bad yeah. while it's still yeah. being listenable. Mm. You know, oh, there's right. plenty of bands that try to be good and yeah. end up bad, but you but can't listen did. to them. Yeah. Like, like, it's terrible. Like. It's absolute quality satire of every genre that they went for. Yeah, yeah. and and I, and even the the idea of all metal bands have come from stuff like that. Yes, whether it be some sort of punk band or some sort of folk band. If you go back far enough, um, when when you hire someone to do the sound effects editing for a film, they bring their back catalogue. You're hiring their catalogue. You're not just hiring them because mm. on average. 60 to 70 percent of the foley and sound effects in a film is from pr- their work on previous films and the whole mm. idea is that they start with these like libraries of kind of yeah. generic libraries and then they replace as they go along so over the course of their career their sound quality gets better for saving private ryan your man um it, they hired him and he went cool and he threw out his entire back catalog for it and the same thing for backdraft backdraft was the first time he'd done it and that's why he Spielberg, fire to his back catalog oh maybe <laughs> maybe the old tapes burn pretty well, yeah. That's how we got the job. He um, just walked in and set forward to goes, and goes, I'm your man. It's a recording guy. He's like, I'm going to waste it. Right? But like, all the, all the stuff that he... All the stuff that he... Waste nothing. Burn everything. <laughs> what? You're hired. You're mental. You're yeah. so hired. You might You're already so be hired. I don't know. <laughs> but he... All the sound, the sound effects that he made for Backdraft were used in stuff like Lord of the Rings. Oh, man. Like that's how much his sound catalogue yeah. was then reused. Amazing yes, piece of sound design. Um, we studied it in college and it was it was just one of those things that it's like it's always kind of stuck with me of the amount of detail they went to like there was famously the whole thing of they shot it down in in um, Cork Town or wherever the fuck it was in uh, in Wexford that, that, those bits, bits on the beach and they actually set up big sides of beef hanging from swings mm. and they shot them oh yeah so they could record the noise but they had the shots of they had mics set up along the way so they could the whiz of it going by it hitting the, the meat protest about that now there would be of course there would be but dude protests could fuck off and find something better to do with themselves but um it's already dead yeah it's like <laughs> Look, back in the day just be kids fucking picking their nose and staring at God there's a bit of crack yeah it's <laughs> the thing like you know so some, some person who's booked a fucking budget travel package deal to Cortan gets down there booking in Spain the, 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 the whole thing's closed while they're shooting so oh shit I but, uh, here isn't it <laughs> <laughs> can't do <laughs> Yeah, because the DVD version of Snatch, if you go onto the main menu and you press up on your remote control, there's nothing that's meant to be up, but it pops up a hidden option for pikey subtitles. Amazing. Ah, amazing. So, <laughs> just, just just for Brad Pitt and his friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's and I thought he did a great job. He did. He nailed it. He nailed it. Starts parts like that. Pair like a blue. Yeah, and it, it was just. It was, it was something that we found I used to work in a video, a video store years ago and we had it on and it was on the menu and we were like dicking around and we were like oh holy shit and we were just like pikey subtitles they're like on the way and we put it on in my mind it does pikey subtitles for the whole movie everybody gets pikey versions of what they're talking about I assume it's just subtitles for the pikey yeah no it's just, just for him uh, just for him and his mates oh yeah it would be great <laughs> when I first started downloading uh, movies illegally oh no on Kazaa or whatever the fuck I was using I used to always get the text file with it for subtitles yeah it's not all you got yeah <laughs> <laughs> a very sick looking computer whatever the version of syphilis is for laptops but uh, I used to always get that text file and we were downloading um, it was some Tartan Asian extreme movie 
Itchy Killer. Something like that. In fact, I know what it was called. It was called Three Extremes. Oh. And uh, it was uh, the text file came with it. And I opened it up and I could see all the text. And I was like, oh, it's just like, it's literally a word file. This is fine. So I knew my friend Rick was coming over and I knew he was a huge fan of these movies. So I just, about 10 minutes in, started editing the, the, <laughs> the text. And it was talking about dumplings, and I think the implication was that these were human fetuses that people were eating, and like it was a whole morality tale or something to keep young. And I just started talking about Rick instead of dumplings, and then started using his full name, Rick Noonan, in it. And he, if you're listening, Rick, hi. Yeah. <laughs> and we watched about three quarters of the movie, and he was sitting there going, it's really weird, Noonan must mean something in Korean. That's and I was like, are you fucking joking me? <laughs> like they were talking about rubbing Rick on their face. <laughs> to keep young and he was like it's really weird that it means something in their yeah, language right? and I was like you're only pointing this out now are you serious <laughs> oh my god brilliant brilliant um, <laughs> Johnny what's your game uh, I never Wait. played Wipeout 1995 but it was the first one that I was aware of where they were getting lads to contribute songs to yeah. something yeah, good, Chemical yeah. Brothers and stuff Chemical yeah. Brothers Orbital yeah. definitely uh, Prodigy Prodigy yeah. uh, and I again this was I was young and I was hearing about all these lads going to nightclubs and putting Orbital up on the, the big screens and lads in beanbags playing and I was like I can't yeah. wait to go to nightclubs they sound amazing and I came to Dublin and went to Coppers and that's not, not <laughs> at all what I thought nightclubs were uh, your, country, not, your country folk the first place you go to is Coppers yes, that's, that's not a beanbag that's a vanguard I was, <laughs> <laughs> was tugging some nurse from Mayo called Ashley and going this is horrible <laughs> but um um, yeah. But like, got into loads of bands that I like. I found through those th- those games. I, I, I used to hate it when people were like, oh, but you only get into this through guitar here. I was like, yeah, and you got into it to the radio. Yeah, yeah. Through hearing it in, in, in a nightclub. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember My sister yeah. slept with the whole band. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> great. That's legitimate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mastodon, I really, really loved the soundtrack for Brutal Legend. And Brilliant I soundtrack! Yeah, absolutely love that game. I wish it was a better game. I mm. love it despite <laughs> itself. It is. I wish it was a better game. So Most mismarketed game ever. Yeah. Moments of genius. Well, so, no, I think that would be in the in the top three, right? The three like worst marketed games of the last decade: Dead Island, which we previously yes. mentioned. No Man's Sky yes. and Brutal Legend. At least Brutal Legend had a multiplayer. It wasn't very good, but it tried. You needed the multiplayer trophies to get uh, the platinum, but nobody was playing it. No. Nobody. And the whole place had fallen into ruins, but there's this mist that goes through the city at night time, and if it touches you, it kills you. And it's like a palpable mist you can see, but there's a point where you have to go into the city because you're trying to track down something that's being stolen by the bad guys. Yeah. And you're going around, and if you know the books, you're like, really don't want to be in this place because it's made very clear in the books that this is the one place you do not fucking go. Yeah. Like, there, like there's people who are like the most powerful mages you've ever seen, and they're like tearing buildings apart and Court like campus. lifting, yeah. yeah, yeah, lifting entire armies. Yeah. And then there's like this one area they're like, I ain't going near that. And you're like, well, if they're not going near there, I don't, you know. So you're going through it, and you've all the sound effects, and there's all these like you know jump scare moments and like creepy moments. Yeah. And then I remember I was playing it and had my headphones on because I was trying to play games with headphones for the surround sound effect. Yeah. Hmm. And there's a noise, there's a sound effect in that game which is about five to six times louder than any other noise in the game and it only happens in Shadow Logoth purely <laughs> to fuck with you. And it's a sigh. The city goes... <sighs> and it's louder than everything else and you just go, what the fuck was that? And you just, my whole body just froze and I was like, 
oh, is there, no, there's something behind me yeah. or there's something around the corner. Mm. There's nothing. It's randomly timed. It just happens every so often in the city and That's you're like, brilliant. this is so fucking unnerving when you're trying yeah. to play the game. Like, the... It's, it's, it's one of those games that wasn't very well known. I, I think mm. it was just, it was kind of picked up by fans of the series. Mm. Um, over the years though, it's gotten like, it's appeared on loads of these like most underrated of all times and all the rest. It is actually yeah. quite a good game, but a bit dated now. I mean, yeah, it's 18 yeah. years old, but I just remember it creeping the fuck out of me like with that one moment because when it happened I'm like oh no don't do that to me so yeah. uh, my, my scary moment in games like that where they just use the sound perfectly because in Silent Hill 2 there's a bit where you walk into a room and you know the, the point of Silent Hill is very well used sound where you've got the radio on you and it's crackling every time there's mm. monsters near and when you're in like when you're out running around the streets it is always crackling there's always something happening there's always music playing there's always some cue um, and you're a character called James Sunderland looking for your dead wife there's a bit where you walk into a room and the sound goes off everything goes silent and you just hear a woman's voice go James and again I froze alright mm. and then I step forward and I'm on a marble floor and I heard my footstep and it was the loudest thing I've ever heard and I was like every monster in the game can hear me and as I walk I just had to cross this court like this um, kind of courtyard into the building and it was a marble floor and it was echoing and I was like everyone can hear me oh my god I'm the loudest person in the world <laughs> it's amazing that, that, the, the air raids are an insanity it's like a Pavlovian response that happens and I just feel I uncomfortable every time and slightly hard at the same time I don't know why <laughs> dead nurses are deep in my brain yeah, somewhere yeah. fear boner the fear boner <laughs> it's real man the, that was one thing like when I came out of the film uh, when, see, when I came out and I remember coming out of it, my friend turned to me and he was like I don't know I wasn't mad on that like and I was like he's like it didn't feel like a horror I was like well no it felt perfectly like Silent Hill and he's like what do you mean I thought like Silent Hill was a horror game it's like it is but it's a horror of discomfort it's yes. not a it's not really a jump scare game it's not a game that's meant to kind of it's the, it's the Japanese don't really do jump scares they do the whole thing of it's going to be there and you can see it and it's very much the, the main character not looking at it like, yeah. and it did have its gory moments in the film but I think they, they used it to good effect like when Pyramid Head showed up and, and basically flayed it's your my favourite bit of the whole film I was like well that's certainly a way of showing how how powerful he is yes because prior to that he just kind of walked around a bit and swung a sword a bit like yeah I guess it was it was to demonstrate that to the viewers who because I knew the games so I was like oh fuck it's Pyramid Head yeah and he kind of go watch watch this real quick and I was like I knew he could do that but I guess now you guys know as well yeah because <laughs> when, he, when he shows up uh, Titanfall Titanfall won't ship with 40 hours of music mm. wow and there's 20 hours for each faction like that, that oh, and when you when you install Titanfall One on your PC, the, it has like an eighty gig install or something like that, or forty gig. Uh, no, eighty or ninety gig install, but forty gigs of it is just music because it's all lossless audio, full FLAC. Like they yeah. give you the sound as best they can, and I know that game was delayed at one point. So I'm wondering if the guy had made like he comes out of his studio like in the you know in the sound booth in the studio. So got the soundtrack ready, and they're like, uh huh, that's nice. And he's like, yeah, I've got like eight hours total. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna be delayed a few more months. He's like. Go make some more so <laughs> just like, like, kept making yeah. music like but what it is is when you're playing as either of the factions the music resumes roughly from where you last left off right so you have to play nearly 20 hours of each faction before you start hearing the same music right. again. Yeah. it's that's right. the thing it's a, it's a good, it's like <laughs> voice actors it's like you know oh, you've, yeah. like, your man that's named John DiMaggio yeah. now, like you did Bender and you did Marcus Phoenix and oh shit I mentioned Gears of War again um, but like he, he's um, like he's got like over 400 credits to his name yeah and he makes a fortune oh, it's yeah. like, he's like okay I've, so I've how like, are you doing this yeah. like you know I've literally heard Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant saying it's stupid money 
for nothing. Oh yeah. Like just but, mad money for nothing. Like, and you're there for two hours and you read through the lines and you go home. <laughs> but like it, it, it always kind of confused, oh, well, not confused me, but annoyed me a bit when only recently they start going like, oh, and the biggest uh, entertainment launch of this year was a computer game. And it's like, well, it's nearly always been a computer game. Yeah. Since it came along. It's like the biggest, the biggest film in 90, whatever year it was, 93, 94, 93. Super Mario Brothers. No, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Ninety-five. I would have said Jesus. No, whatever, whatever. Ninety-four. 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 Yeah, uh, Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, did 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 whatever amount of millions. NBA Jam came out the same year and did triple that. NBA yeah. Jam hit a billion in its first oh, year, and yeah. it's like, and that was just on arcade machines. Like it was like, yeah. yeah, this is not a this is not a big thing. Like don't you know, it's not new. I was sitting with people in the pub last night, and I said, and they were saying about video games, and I was like, well, the Spider-Man video game made more money than the Spider-Man movie and it was a big mm. movie and the guy the people I was with wouldn't believe me <laughs> no and I was like no they didn't like, maybe it was Spider-Man 2 or something I was like no I think maybe it was but whatever it was there was yeah, yeah no no it was Spider-Man 2 because it was the, the Spider-Man 2 game is considered probably the best yeah. one of them maybe it was it's Spider-Man the one that's the voiceover with Bruce Campbell and, yeah, yeah. and he comments everything on it but um, the guys like they wouldn't believe me and I, they were like no that was a big movie and I was like but a game is 60 quid like it's exactly yeah, you, can go, to, you, you can go to the cinema twice to see the film and then buy it on DVD and you still You've, you're almost at the amount that you've spent yeah. but the cost of developing a game is usually a hell of a lot cheaper yeah. than the cost of, course, of the yeah, film yeah, yeah. so and then you know which the, is a disgrace which I hate and, <laughs> and, and like Spider-Man I mean that's just a poser model with a bit of red on him I think my last and final piece about music was a bit that still stands out to me as the biggest unnerving change was when I was playing Demon Souls and you go back to the Nexus and it has this really calm, passive music. And you know that you're safe. Mm. You're always going to be safe in the Nexus and you brought your souls back. You're getting your stuff fixed. And it just becomes the sound of peace. Mm. And there's a one point where things go wrong and you go back to the Nexus and the music is in a minor key and dark. And I just couldn't get over it for about an hour. I was like, freaked me out. Oh, wow. And Linda was playing with me. I was like, just something after changing in the game. And it did. It just gets, becomes more able. But I couldn't feel it just felt horrible yeah mm. well there, there, there was just such a weird change and I bought the soundtrack to that as well and I have the yeah. the, the next nice music on it and the next is not nice music is on it and I just it's weird it's almost like if you walked into your house and it was like a rotting smell or something like what it's, no it's, <laughs> but, but, but the other way I think if you're used to it it goes the other way like I heard somebody linked me a video the other day where it's uh, Shism by Tool but in a major key. Oh, just, it just sounds yeah. wrong. It's, it's like, so wrong. Oh, yeah. does not want. There's, yeah. a, there's a really glorious, happy uh, guitar trill in the Diablo 2 soundtrack. Yeah. And it's just this really nice bit. And every time I'm hacking people up, I just, for a minute, go, oh, that's lovely. And then go back to, <laughs> go back to hacking people up. Yeah. Um, so TV. Johnny, what was yeah. your... Usually when I start looking up things, I kind of already know what I'm going to say and I just want to... Like it's uh, it's not exactly the scientific method. Um, <laughs> I'm not testing hypotheses. I generally come up with something quick and then be like, I'll find some talking points on that. So and I thought I was going to pick Glow, which I've just finished watching. The gorgeous ladies of wrestling, oh, yeah. and it had loads of like, Patty Smith, Tears for Fears, The Scorpions, mm. Pat Benatar, Journey. Like their uh, their use of music, it's pure nostalgia porn. Mm-hmm. And it is like the whole show is that, and because they're just leaning into it, it's so well done, and I would absolutely recommend go watch it. And when one of these songs starts, you're genuinely excited. You know you're watching purposefully shitty wrestling. Like there's the wrestling is bad and everything is bad, but when you see people get into the wrestling and like the scorpions go on, you're genuinely excited. Um, but no, 
I was very surprised to find out that I actually was going to pick Scrubs. I really genuinely like all the songs that <laughs> I show up in Scrubs. I can't get sleep. Yeah, that over the song. supervisor. amazing song. I was just reading an article, and uh, Jordan from the show, the woman who plays Jordan, was the music supervisor. She was oh, just, wow. she, She's the creator's wife. Is she? The guy who writes it, I can't remember his name now, the guy who created Scrubs, and right. um, that's his wife. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what, like, that's probably why like she was involved in it, because it was yeah. just like... Well, uh, she was apparently just the unofficial music supervisor. She would keep bringing them songs, and I always think that. Is I, it her fault that I? I mean, I totally didn't cry on the episode where JD finished. But like, is it is it her fault that? that? <laughs> <laughs> when you've got um, what's his name? It's oh Peter Gabriel covering. I oh, know it's is it, yeah, it is a cover. I think the the Book of Love. Yeah, and it's his cover at the end of it, like. And it's a really good cover, as opposed to other covers he's yeah. done. Cough, Radiohead, cough. <laughs> so, but I, I was, I'm a big Pierre Gabriel fan. We did that album where he let other people, because he never lets other people cover his stuff. Yeah, and the whole idea is he'd cover one of theirs, they'd cover one scratch of his. Scratch my so. back, you scratch yours, yeah. and you the name of the albums. Yeah. yeah. Dis- disappointed. Disappointing! Yeah. The, that Radiohead cover is fucking abysmal. And I like the way Radiohead wouldn't comment on it, but they just went, you know what, we're not going to cover one of your tracks. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fight. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, th- I think I just... Every so often they'd come out with like Overkill with Colin Hayes or so. Absolutely. Uh, somewhere over there in Rainbow by Israel, Kamakawi, Yoko, Koko. I'm gonna just keep going. A few more vowels. Some, a few more, some, few, few more syllables. Make some vaguely Hawaiian noises right there. Yes. <laughs> but it, they just come out with something like, oh, that's nice. And like, I wouldn't, I don't think of any other show where I'd just hear a random song like that and go, oh, they put a nice song in there. That's yeah, and they weren't too obvious. Yeah. They weren't too like super, super popular. Do you want to go around and do your favorite cartoon theme song of all time? Uh, Animaniacs and not the Animaniacs track it's the, the countries of the world that's brilliant so go on damn probably Run With Us from the recording oh, that's the best song which one Lisa Lockheed yeah. Run With Us and it's not on Spotify no it's and not and it's the greatest song I've ever heard it makes a lot of my playlists for, 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 <laughs> for the raccoons Run With Us now sorry <laughs> what, what was your one going to be uh, Round the Twist Oh, oh brilliant! Did you ever ever feel like? Yeah, like, like I, I, I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say like the '90s X Men one, but I figured one of you guys would say that. What? The '90s X Men one. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah, but that was just yeah. yeah. No, the 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 United States, Canada, Mexico, no, yeah. it, like that, that whole that whole one is just like I, I, whenever I think of the Animaniacs, I hear that song, not the actual theme, yeah, yeah. theme tune. I was yeah, thinking, so cool. All right, All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up and give people homework. Uh, go watch The Crow and then Spawn as a double bill <laughs> uh, I've written here Glennon sleeps with the hoover on Johnny Google if that's safe <laughs> that's more for me I was just thinking how rich are you going to find an electricity bill have a hoover going on out yeah. uh, I've got homework go out and shoot a side of beef to see how that sounds <laughs> does it seem like Titanfall or saving for yeah. Oh, yeah, which is more accurate yeah uh, I, need, I need to read the Wheel of Time series apparently uh, oh, that's like something you need a year after yeah. it. the entire runtime for the audiobook for the Wheel of Time is nearly a month is it? Yeah. Jesus what <laughs> uh, start watching Ray Donovan it is GTA the show so that's that's a I'm sold on that uh, and that when Glennon says hate fillet it sounds like he's saying hate fillet <laughs> I really genuinely thought it was Wait a, a second you're from Sligo you can't go mocking anyone's accent <laughs> I genuinely thought it was a heavy metal band that I just didn't know really Cannibal Corpse there's some metal band called Hate Fillet and the Angry Blowjobs yeah, yeah. the Angry Blowjobs and I, if it's not a band I'm going to start it <laughs> it's, it's damn fine I've had Kopi Luwak you've had Kopi Luwak what's Kopi Luwak 
It's the is it like filtered through a monkey or something? Yeah, it's the it's the, it's the <laughs> most. It's, I knew it was something shit, like that. Shit beans, right? It's shit yeah. beans, right? It's meant to be like this is the nicest one ever, and it still just tastes like coffee. All right, it's like wine for me. It's like everyone's like, "Oh, this is a beautiful wine." It's like it's just vinegar. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just sad grapes. Yeah, it's, it's literally the tears of grapes yeah. because you're stomping. Yeah. All right. I actually had already started recording, so some of that might be the intro. Okay, cool. Um, Tears of grapes. Um, cool. We're looking at setting, which is a fairly broad term. Setting or scenario, yeah. Scenario. Um, it's, I, yeah, I'm not even sure if I interpreted this right, but I think, mm. I think my picks should be okay. This is. I, a, I, I thought you meant the config menu. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> There's so many people go, oh, okay, oh, that's yeah, such and such. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. this is where they kind of yeah, yeah, got yeah. like one of their big moments, gotcha. like... But yeah, Brick from 2005. Phenomenal film. Mm. Love it. That's my, that's my film's heading. Do you want to go next, Kevin, in case I steal your yeah, film? Yeah, um, so my one, and I was thinking a lot about this one and kind of struggling with it, interestingly enough. Mm. The, the, like especially in film, uh, you would think it would be easier. And there's a lot of obvious ones that jump out. You might think like Mordor or something, or not Mordor, um, Middle Earth, you know, mm. and it's kind of like obvious, interesting worlds and settings. But one, one that I really, really love um, I love the style of it. Everything how it's presented is Beetlejuice. Fuck off. Was it Beetlejuice? <laughs> no, <laughs> no way. Fantastic. No way. So yeah, and and it's. Uh, I think the thing I love the most about that <laughs> is the idea that death is so tedious. You know what I mean? That they go into the uh, afterworld, yep. and you know, and it's all just like office paperwork. You yep. know, like. Um, uh, what do you call it? Civil servants, you know, just typing away, and it's you can bureaucracy. Yeah, and you can see you can see the how death. they died yeah. in in all yeah. of them, and and yeah, just that. Now you can say the bureaucracy behind it, and it's just the tedium, and it's it just it it makes a really interesting frame for something mm. that's usually so solemn and serious, you know. And then the whole the artistic style in the movie as well. I mean, it's very mm. obviously Tim Burton's kind of standard it, now, where big big bold angles and things. It's and, for for me, it's it's his last the last good film he directed. Like, it's anyone can make a Tim Burton film at this point. Mm. It's, I'm going to take a story that is precious to American mm. folklore. Be it, uh, sorry, American culture, where folklore, comics, TV shows, whatever. I'm going to bleach all the colour out of it and then highlight one colour in the film. I'm going to have a Danny Elfman dun, 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 soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, all the staircases are going to be crooked. There's going to be some black and white spirals on stuff. And uh, Johnny Depp, Helen Bottom Carter, looking f- far paler than they normally do. Yeah. Uh, Having said all that, and 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 every character has to be quirky in some regards. On you go. Oh, of course. And yeah. that that is the template for. Oh, sure, sure. For, like Having said all that, Beetlejuice, I think, um, has aged so well. Mm. Um, yes. And it's it's it really really still stands up today. And I mean, the first time you see it, it's it's just amazing. Like every everything about it is just it's really it's really well Michael put Keaton. together. Michael Keaton like we came to this conclusion here today in the house myself and my housemates were talking about him. Michael Keaton doesn't do bad films sorry Michael Keaton is not bad in films he may do bad films yeah. but he is not bad in films because he, he's amazing in that man. He's, only in there, he's only in it for 22 minutes is that it really that's yeah. it oh, he, that's he does not show up he's not like yeah. the main character in that film um, I think that was the first film I saw where the afterlife was given no religious treatment yeah, at yeah, all yeah. it wasn't the the Christians right or it wasn't even a spin on a Christian because well, there was like voodoo shit going on and, yeah. and he saw like all these different aspects yeah. of it you know and I loved how there was something potentially perilous behind every door I mean you, you go through a door and you're in the sand the big yeah. open sand desert with the worms and sand shit you know and, 
Um, it was also but all the characters were super interesting as well mm. like because the characters were almost um, the same as the setting you know yeah, the, the, the had, setting was yeah, reflected had, in the characters like that film had everything from the 80s it had a Baldwin it had Gina Davis but who, no, who was the guy the kind of decorator guy that Otto? she got in Otto he was just he was just <laughs> That's brilliant. Like, he, I love that as a character he was just absolutely brilliant just coming like, into this like old house and doing all this kind of real pretentious pompous, you know yeah, yeah. over the top art so, and that was real like I don't know what, even what year that film was made but it was the, the, the DVD DVD is behind you there it was really like that time though in the 80s where it was all very kind of you know office businessman with this garish art yeah. you know and it yeah. was yeah, it was big really statement pieces for the art and big like you could the woman likes the art because it's big and she's got the mad shoulders on her top, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. on her um, blazer and everything. And, 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 yeah, and, yeah, and because of that, you think it might age well, but actually because of that, I think it helps it I age it's well because, because it's a, it's because it's a piss take. Yeah. yeah, and everyone's able to immediately identify with it. Yeah. Also, I don't know about anyone else, but I really wanted one of those model town things. After that, I was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I was, that's fucking awesome. The, the opening. Time. The opening Danny Elfman's song in the opening is about three different songs mashed into one. Like it doesn't. I don't know what he's trying to do there. And they, like they even do the daylight come. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, and then it shows the town. Then it shows a spider coming over the town. And then it just cuts back out and goes, "Nah, I'm just kidding." Yeah. <laughs> you're like, "What? Okay." Like the yeah. the amount of things where I'm like, "Oh, you know ghosts? Yeah, no, you don't. Let's do it this way." Yeah. You know the afterlife? Yeah, no, you don't. Let's do it this. Way. There's so many yeah. like confounding your expectations. <laughs> but I, I love the setting of Hellraiser. It's not quite that there's an afterlife, but the idea that there is a another dimension mm. that is infinite pleasure and pain. And I just love the idea that once you know that that exists, some people have to seek it out. Like yeah, some people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the film series when it did the traditional horror thing of going into ridiculous numbers. One of the fi- one of the I, films I've in that seen series. all eight movies. So. <laughs> yeah, so there is one. What of is eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's actually nine, but then they switched out. Doug Bradley isn't Pinhead anymore. Nine, so I didn't watch it. Uh, it's, okay. it's, it's not Pinhead. It was, that, it was, that, that's like I didn't watch New Nightmare on Elm Street because you know there's only one Freddy. Oh, yeah, I, I did watch New Nightmare on Elm Street because it had what's his name who played Rorschach playing him, which is oh really? Right. Oh, okay. was that him? Yeah, oh, and yeah. the father of one of the. Um, of one of the kids is my own personal saviour who I worship regularly is uh, uh, Clancy Brown mm. um, so I don't know who Clancy Brown is yes you do he is the, <laughs> he is he is the Cronin from Highlander oh and okay. he is Chief Officer Hadley oh from, yeah from um, he's Chief Officer Hadley from Shocker sure. Redemption he's uh, brother Justin from Carnival uh, and he is the yeah. voice of Mr. Krabs in Spongebob Squarepants brilliant I'm sold he's also Lex like Luthor in the animated JLA stuff but anyway um, we will be touching on Spongebob again later not to get <laughs> but yeah he's oh my god <laughs> but yeah the, there's a, there is a thing the the, the, the ninth uh, Hellraiser film was an Ashcan make as in that they never really released it they showed it in like one cinema and then they scrapped it mm. it was just to renew the license and to make sure oh I think I remember it. you telling me about this before yeah. actually but yeah, there is yeah. a point in one of the films where someone starts like giving out to Pinhead yeah because that's you do pick a fight with a guy like, yep, yeah. and it's like he starts giving out to him and saying how you're evil and corrupt and then Pinhead directly quotes the bible to justify what he does I cannot remember the quote but yeah. I remember seeing it going that's, that's brilliant yeah. <laughs> yeah. that scene was obviously cut in America this is the guy's name Clyde Barker yeah I've Based. seen his penis Sorry, Sto- story for another day. That's what, I, what I'm saying about a, what I'm saying about a shitty series of a progressively shitty series of movies. Much more interesting. Yeah. I'm sorry. I should clarify. I've seen his erect penis. Ah, yeah. let's keep moving, <laughs> shall we? Um, yeah. Um, so what, that's that was TV. That was no. no that was movies. That was movies. If Hellraiser was a TV show, I've missed out. Yeah. So. 
Kev, what you got? Uh, all right, so well, I, I kind of mentioned as a uh, an honourable mention, but SpongeBob in terms of setting, like Bikini Bottom, is just amazing. Um, you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier on, but just the yeah. idea of having campfires underwater and how you've got a squirrel with a. But you know, the a explanation suit. for it all is is it's, is it's the bikini atoll where yeah. they're doing all the nuclear testing. That's why they're all mutated. Oh point. really? Yeah. yeah, that's what it's meant to be. They're at the bottom of bikini atoll, and like it's like that's fantastic. Um, but Black Mirror. The one episode that really stood out to me was where I think they called the grain, where people got this implant that basically recorded everything they saw, mm. everything they said, and all that sort of stuff throughout the day. So you could replay it back. So it starts with a guy at a job interview, and he's doing the interview and stuff, and he comes out after, and he's playing it back. And straight away, I was just like, shit, the amount of time you would spend looking back over things that you regretted saying, yeah. Yeah. or things you're like, oh shit, did I fuck up that job interview? Or did I say something stupid? Or... Jesus, can you imagine watching back on some of your nights out mm. when you were properly drunk? I had my ticket. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and I that, that, sword fighting Clive Barker? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 was, that was really, really actually terrifying, that one. Um, not the sword fighting. <laughs> uh, you weren't there, man. Uh, yeah. No, for me... It's got tendrils. For me, that episode was, was particularly terrifying. Um, I will say that in that Donald Leeson Sexbot episode, which is the episode. <laughs> Don't ruin it by calling it that. That's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the name of that episode. It's Donald Leeson Sexbot. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I saw that on, on the IMDb page. Is he, is he credited like that? Donald well? Leeson Sexbot. He, he's no, Donald, he plays no, two characters. Donald Leeson and Donald Leeson Sexbot. <laughs> yeah, there's two of them. He plays, he plays the before and after. Um, there's a small bit. He was also great in that episode. He was, really he was fantastic good. in that episode. Um, what was your TV show? My TV show. I'm going to do a similar thing of shout out to a cartoon before I get on to my actual one, right. which is Adventure Time. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's actually yeah. very similar to the, the the thinking that was behind SpongeBob, which is Adventure Time is set in a post-apocalyptic world yeah. oh, really? where yeah. half the world has been destroyed. And anytime they look at a globe of the world or a map or anytime they make reference mm-hmm. to stuff, they show a chunk taken out of the earth, like a piece of the planet is missing just gone where something horrible has happened and the idea isn't that like Finn is the only human in this fantasy world he might be the only human left alive in, in this world where everything yeah. is mutated and magic has come back and everything there's also there's also a theory that it's he is the only human left and this is his mind trying to cope mm. with everything that's happening mm. which is why his dog is magical and can talk to him yeah you know, it's it's a, it's very much that whole thing. But uh, if if you look at icebergs and stuff in the background, <laughs> it's the animated I am legend. Yes, Sorry. basically. <laughs> but if you look at stuff in the background, sometimes you'll see um, like a shopping cart stuck in an iceberg, or like something that is an impl- uh, a shout out to the past civilizations that have been there, and the idea that the people who seem most human, like vampires and magicians and wizards and stuff, are the people who've been around for a thousand years and are no longer human. Mm. Like they do episodes where they go back to their human lives. And then bring it all the way forward as to why they're like the the Marceline's a vampire and can live that long, so she's fine. Uh, the the Ice King being a wizard, you know, can keep himself alive, but has gone completely insane over yeah. the millennia. Like that's yeah. that's the point of him. He calls all of his uh, servant penguins Gunther. Yeah. And to this day, I don't know whether there's one Gunther. <laughs> I don't know whether he keeps referring to the right one as Gunther or whether they're all Gunther. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that that's the kind of shout out I want to do. The other, my actual choice is the League of Gentlemen, and the setting is Royston Vasey. Hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. And it's got. I don't. I don't know the League of Gentlemen. It's oh. basically they. It's a bad acid trip through a Monty yeah. Python show. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's essentially what. Ostensibly, it is. they wanted to do a sketch comedy thing. So what they did was instead of saying, well, instead of playing all these different characters and uh, you know not linking them together or just doing the Harry Enfield thing of just smash cut to the next thing it's fine don't worry about it 
they put together this town with the idea that every car- set of characters lives somewhere in this town. Mm-hmm. So on the edge of town, there's the kind of insular rural couple who hate the idea of outsiders coming in. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. This is a local shop for local people. There's yeah, nothing yeah. for you here. That kind of thing. Um, and as the series, so it's like exaggerated stereotypes. Yes. Yeah. Well, but then it gets it starts getting very sinister very quickly. And right. it starts getting super just creepy. And every character that they want to do lives somewhere in the town. And the guys who run the local shop didn't like this. They didn't like the idea that there would be more people now coming in. So they had been quietly killing all of the workers that were coming. And um, one of the jokes is the police officer comes in and is talking to them. And just so he goes, all right, everything seems fine here. Just he's about to leave. The, the shopkeeper lady panics and goes, we didn't burn them. It's <laughs> like, oh, tubs, really. And then like closes the door behind the cop and is like, you know, get the rope. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it kind of, that almost reminds me of Hot Fuzz a bit. Yes, um, it's, yeah, very, it's, it's very, very like that. But I, the, I, I would be surprised if it influenced Hot Fuzz. The, yeah. the scene that just sticks in my mind with it is the bit where they, they figured out the way they are going to make sure that the road doesn't get built. So there's a bit where the guys are like, it's it's raining, it's pissing rain, all the workers are there, they're finally breaking ground, they're going to make this road, there's nothing you can do about it. They're digging, and one of the guys just looks and goes, we found something, sir! And the people in the shop have hidden something where the ground was going to be broken to try and ward them off. Mm. And this is, like, the credits have started rolling. Like, it's the end of an episode, it's the end of a season. Like, it's not, there's nothing left here to do. And you see some guys grab some ropes, and they, they horse it up, like they're pulling this thing, and this thing just suddenly is erected. And it's a crucifix... <laughs> with a goat crucified to it. <laughs> like, out this, it's body mangled, and it, they pull it up, and they don't know what to do, and they're all, like, white and freaking out, and, like, all the work stops, and they just stare at it, and the camera pulls back, and it's out over the town, and a crucified goat, and all these workers who aren't from the town just staring at it, not knowing what to do. And that's the end of that season. <laughs> like, that's, that's how that ends. <laughs> It's not quite a cliffhanger, it's more drop you off a cliff. Yeah. Like, right, deal with that, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it is an astounding show. Yeah, very messed up. Yep. Hmm. Um, one of them is The Venture Brothers. It's a phenomenal TV series. As, as they, uh, There is a line in it where someone goes, like, uh, you know, mentions the bad guys, like, whoa, it's very hurtful. The term is pr- uh, antagonist. Like, <laughs> and he talks about that. And it's like, um, uh, so it's the it, it's they have their antagonist relations is the girl the clan was intent it's, it's another one with a lot of bureaucracy actually but that's the thing the... it's you ring them when you have a complaint about your service you don't ring them because you're being arched you ring them because your arch is breaking the rules because there's fully established rules and it's all legal oh yeah Anderson yeah yeah so you know we call him P.P. Anderson and all this type of thing and they keep mentioning this this agent of the agency called Anderson and they never talk about him at one point they're in, they capture one of the villains who's like three times the size of a normal man and they have to like wrap him in bed sheets because they don't have any clothes for him and it's like you could have washed it first and it's like oh yeah Anderson sheets yeah yeah he's a bit of a bedwetter and then it's like there's a point later on the episode where he goes into a control room and, I'm, and the, this character you've never seen before is like I do not want to bed he's like whatever puddles what's going on just, it's that whole like that type of payoff where they're like little references little references yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they just deliver it and go keep going move on and it's, it's so relentless in how it does it it's, fun, it's a phenomenal show in, in terms of setting as well it, uh, it has permadeath it yes. Has, it, oh, if it yeah. sh- if something happens in an episode, yeah. that change is now permanent. They don't if well, without spoiling that, if something does reset, they explain that as well. Yes. Mm. Um. But uh, if if something happens to a character, like if they, 
It'd be really weird in a TV show to change someone's designation, like somebody if someone was doctor and now they're professor. Oh Jesus! But, but that does happen. If so, they, if someone's role changes, they just they just go to build it in. So there's a there's a <laughs> there's a character the main bad guy in it is a guy called the Monarch, and he styles himself after the Monarch Butterfly, right. and he's Doctor Venture's arch, and he has his girlfriend called Dr. Girlfriend right? <laughs> Dr. Girlfriend dresses like Jackie Onassis yep. has like uh, the pillbox hat the pink outfit she has no idea who Jackie Onassis is it even <laughs> comes up once where they're doing one of those party things where you have the person you are on your on the, on your back yeah, 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 people yeah. have to describe to you and she's like who the fuck is Jackie Onassis <laughs> <laughs> um, she talks with the deepest voice in the show yeah. right like as in because like it's the, there's a running joke of is she a man was she a man all the rest or like in all this type of thing or like you know it's like since when do you smoke and everyone's like what really <laughs> but the, and then she becomes doctor my fiance as the as the monarch referencer and then doctor misses my wife <laughs> so they just and it just goes with it like across the thing there's even a character one of his henchmen there's two henchmen 21 and 24 and they're they have there's even a point where like they're obvious comic relief in a comic show like they're some of the funniest things in it there's a point where he, he's like, we must send him on a mission. Agents 21 and 24, front and center. And she's like, why do you send him? It's like, I know it sounds weird, but they have that weird mix of disposable and invulnerable that makes for the perfect henchman because <laughs> they just blunder their way through every mission. And they get, and they get like... My favorite joke from Avatar is when they finally got the team together and they're, they're I think they're all on top of an airship and they're like heading off and they're going, all right, you know, we'll, we'll know when we see him, he's, he's going to be driving the thing. And one of the girls just goes, there he is! And they all look, and it's the blind girl. And they look back at her, And yeah. they all look at where she's pointing, and then they look at her, and she just waves her hand in front of her face to illustrate that she's actually blind, and goes, yeah, what are you doing, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or, like, there's a couple of times where, in it, like, where I'm thinking someone will go, it's like, hey, what do you think it is? And she's like, I assume you're holding something up. I don't know what's going on. So, but it's it's a great show. Like, I, but, like, Bebop just has a, a, such a good setting. Like, mm. yeah. Where Final Fantasy 7 that world I thought was great but we've already talked about Final Fantasy 7 at length yep. so and that uh, and I'm wrong the other one was Tomb Raider which is basically like Indiana Jones and again from a setting point of view just loved like being in the caves and shit you know when I was a kid I saw Jurassic Park and I was like oh, I want to be an archaeologist and then and when I grew up then it was funny because I met an archaeologist and she told me how boring it was, was like, I'm glad I didn't go down that road um, another quick one is The Division Oh, I, I, well it got a lot of criticism for its early get gameplay and they have gone back and completely rebuilt a lot of the end game which is good and it's a lot quite playable now I like the idea of how it's set up the whole thing of it's a believable apocalypse someone comes up with a virus that's transmitted through money it's, mm. it binds itself to the cloth because all American yeah. currency is made out of cloth mm-hmm. it binds itself to the cloth um, so first it destabilises the entire country by money is the problem yeah, yeah, yeah and at the same time it kills 90% of the population yeah that's interesting yeah. so straight away it's like it's but but it's only in America mm. so you know as well as a part where particularly someone who's not American say, isn't money in Canada laminated yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but as someone who's in like who's not American when I'm playing it in the back of my head I'm going I wonder what's happening in the rest of the world because of this yeah. and you get little snippets because mm. you're going through areas and you hear a radio running in the background or whatever or you get like a newspaper like a newspaper dispenser and there's like the, the latest update or whatever the last update was before it all crashed and there's entire areas of the, section, of the city just sectioned off because they're still too contagious mm-hmm. and all the rest and so I like that idea yeah. but the main one for me would be Wolfenstein The New Order mm. okay. so yeah. the Wolfenstein games um, so here's the thing 
you know when you go onto a website and all the fields are there for you to fill in and it has stuff like name, address, and yep. those words are already typed in. I reckon that when you go to make a shooter, you open it up and before and the words automatically filled in are Nazis, Germany, yeah, 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 1944, yeah. Oh, Operation Overlord. And I'm like, for me, there's no inventiveness whatsoever. I think um, Ben Kosher Yahtzee from yeah, Zero Punctuation yeah, yeah, yeah. said that World War, killing Nazis in World War II is the white noise uh, that in a game designer's head. Yeah, and he's right. Yeah, yeah. There is no imagination required. So very quickly in the first one, because this is essentially a trilogy, going back to the, the Wolfenstein that came out like 15, 20 years ago. That was yeah. kind of the first one. And they suddenly went, oh, we're doing more with this. And it's like, really? Oh, okay. I thought that was yeah. gone. Where they very quickly introduced the paranormal. And it's mm. like, yeah, we're, we're, we're like, again. Nazis are zombies. Why not? Oh. <laughs> but, but again, it's the whole thing of very quickly. It's like, yeah, you're killing Nazis. And it's almost going back to the comedy thing of, this is the, the familiar character. This is the thing to bring you in that you're like, mm. okay. More familiar territory because I've seen a computer game in my past, so I know about killings and Nazis, and then it very quickly derails it and goes the other way. Mm. When you get to Wolfenstein: The New Order, it starts in nineteen forty six. They've won. Mm. And well, that, I'm a big fan of alt history, which is cool. yeah, you know, I like that angle. You know. And then it jumps forward to nineteen sixty. There's a uh, there's a, a plot mechanic, and you go forward to nineteen sixty, and now you're you're part of like a small resistance and I, I would recommend everyone play it like everyone's I think if you're a gamer you're familiar with Wolfenstein at least because it was kind of like one of the yeah. first shooters and also one of the first stealth games the original Wolfenstein game was a stealth game because hmm. um, everyone thinks Return to Castle Wolfenstein was the, the first one there was one before and mm. it was like half text based and it was actually a stealth game I love that everyone thinks Return to Castle Wolfenstein yeah I know people are like yeah it's a catchy title like well, you know um, and the main character Blaskowitz BJ. BJ. People stop calling him BJ. I don't understand why, but... <laughs> um, but he's... As someone had said to me before, he's got the saddest eyes in gaming. <laughs> he just looks so... Like, he's been fighting them for 20 years. <laughs> he just... He's seen so many of his friends die, and he's... Whoever like, said that obviously hasn't played Nintendos, though, because... <laughs> <laughs> when those puppies look at you from your Nintendo DS, I mean... But, like, in the cutscenes, he's not the macho, bravo guy. He's just the weary... Yeah. I just want to be done. Put that war stop. fatigue yeah. thing on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen... And there was even, like... What's the, they call like, it, like, that thousand-yard stereo? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. You're like, this only works if you're playing a game like Dark Souls, where it's meant to be that oppressive you know struggle of a game like it's not and, meant and it's to... actually tiring I mean it's <laughs> mostly tiring to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I mean even in, even in the likes of in Dark Souls there is the odd comedy reference in characters when you're back at your sanctuary or whatever there's also and bits it, where they kill you in a certain way you go that's pretty funny yeah yeah <laughs> like, but it's it's. but those are meant to be like sorrowful games they're not there's yeah, not meant yeah, to be a joyous yeah. resolution at the end there's not meant to be building an atmosphere I would love to see a mod now where it's Castle Wolfenstein and we've played first person games looking through the character's eyes. Yeah. We've played third person games where you're following Lara Croft around. I want to see a second person game now where the camera's hard on the dude's face and then the little corner there's a mini map where you're shooting and every with every bullet shot it's just sad eyes. Yeah. <laughs> as the blood splashes against you, it's like, oh, oh God. Do you know if the new Wolfenstein game is that and I just get to look at BJ's sad face all the time, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm like, it starts out like it's just his face clean and then it's yeah. just accumulating splatters of blood yeah. as the game and at the, at the end you're just drenched in blood so, with your sad eyes. I'm, and... I'm going to kickstart that so everybody look up online BJPOV and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get that started. <laughs> Fantastic. I have a whole bunch here, so I'm going to do a quick fire. Um, 
Someday I will talk about Silent Hill, but they say <laughs> that's not the I was going to say if you're playing the drinking game at home, it's drink whenever I mention Gillian Anderson, Glenn mentions Gears of War, any reference to Twin Peaks or Final Fantasy VII gets hatred. So, <laughs> uh, Silent Hill is my favorite setting of all time. I would live in Silent Hill if I could. I, I have Silent Hill, Alan Wake, and just all the Stephen King and Lovecraft universe down as this idea that you you. Um, your hell is what you make of it like you yeah. bring your own demons to it um, I, I will save it for Halloween or something and I'll do <laughs> I'll do all three entries on Silent Hill somehow a stealth game is a game where by your very nature you're very carefully and methodically moving through yeah. the space yeah. and I found that there was levels I was stuck on because I wanted to do it right I also wanted to do it non-violently as much as possible which was impossible there was a, I, so, I tried that for about 30 seconds yeah. in that game and there's, I was like fuck this I'm able to link around I'm yeah, murdering the, everybody the, and then I got to the point where my goal wasn't get through without being detected my goal was to make sure that I killed absolutely everybody that was <laughs> possible to kill I, I the, think I did it as well the, uh, the story I will tell from Dishonored that made me just fall in love with it even though again not my favourite game but there's this one level where I was at a party and it was a masquerade ball and it suited oh, the setting yeah. amazingly and the, yeah, first of all, when you walk in, you can sign your name. You can sign a fake name, or you can sign Corvo, which you is your real. You you sign your yeah. real name if you yeah, approach. I, yeah, no, I, I suppose if you enter to the front door, they ask you to sign in. Yeah. So I said, "Ha, this will be funny," and I signed Corvo. I'm a wanted criminal. I'm wanted for like, like regicide, I think. Yeah. yeah. And uh, is that treasonous? I wonder. And yeah. um, <laughs> they make you sign your name, and uh, I went, "Oh, okay." So I signed Corvo. And then went around the party, talked to everyone, because it was a mask ball, yeah, I'm in a mask, yeah. I can get away with, this is the first level I can get away with talking to everyone. And then the guards come up to me and go, hey, yeah, there's a problem <laughs> with the, with, with, when you signed in, can you come with us real quick? No way. And I, I went, shit, I oh, forgot I did that. And I've been walking around for a half hour. I'd spoken to everybody in the entire party. I'd spoken to my mark, the person I was supposed to kill. Yeah. I'd spoken literally to everyone. I went, shit. And I went, all right. And I could see there was guards standing beside the door to the basement. So I went, cool, cool, one second. And I just shanked the dude who was talking to me, blinked over to my target founder, grabbed her, threw her over my shoulder, blinked straight up to like the, the big tough guy who was going to slow down time the moment this all kicks off. Yeah. Or he, just, he plays the song that stops me using my powers. Pointed at his face, slowed down time. His music started just a second too late and it started playing very slowly. Blinked down the stairs into the basement, hid in a wine cellar, heard all the rabble going on upstairs. They, they started coming down the stairs but couldn't find me, went back up. And then dropped the unconscious lady off with the dude who was waiting in the basement who was going to sail her away so I could get the non-violent ending. And I was just sitting there going, that was astounding. I forgot I was playing a video game. I just was at a party. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. somebody interrupted me and goes, tapped me on the shoulder and goes, you got to play the video game now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, you know what, what I really love about that game is the setting. I think that party was a great example of it. And it's, you know, we mentioned Thief earlier on as well. Mm. And what's so nice about that setting is I actually spent a lot of time creeping around just listening to people talk. Yeah. yeah. Just listening to the NPC conversations. And you're like, what, is, what are these people talking about? You know what I mean? And it was a lot of fun. I get to do a Twin Peaks reference. <laughs> in, Ma in Max Payne. For people listening, yeah. you can't appreciate how excited Johnny was there. He was just gyrating in his seat there's, a little bit. There's a scene. We're a backwards talking midget away from yeah. sitting in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Right now, <laughs> for this week. Oh, homework for this week is... That is a list of paint swatches. That's not useful. Gillian uh, Anderson. No. <laughs> I'm in so much pain. <laughs> but anyway, that was, that was that. Hello and welcome. Yes. Oh, we, we didn't mention the last episode, but spoilers. So, yeah, so, so, so this one we're talking about ensemble or supporting cast. It doesn't necessarily have to be actors. It can be like 
a show where there's no one defined protagonist or mm. a film or a game series where you have like a large group of characters that you just think work really well because um, it's kind of interesting how they approach it um, I do also I will put my hand up right now and say that one of mine is technically cheating but we'll get to that when we get to it so. you're always at that yeah, uh, yeah. You're a tricky customer. You know, <laughs> you're a maverick. <laughs> Damn, how did you know? <laughs> Damn, you're a maverick. No, you're so close. I can start because yeah, I because you're in the middle of drinking. So I am in the middle drink. of drinking. This is uh, this is the first episode where we actually are drinking beer at the same time. I was really holding off on that because it's the nerdy influence. Yeah. I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when our when our episodes start running an hour and a half long, that's what I like. I'm just gonna start leading into yeah, this. Just just drink, drink it. <laughs> but instead, I'm gonna talk about aliens. Okay. Uh, aliens is I think for, for for the one person listening who hasn't seen it. Yeah, it's about it's about space rape <laughs> and, <laughs> and the embodiment of that. Okay. Which is a big black alien. Yeah. And. Um, no, I, I was I watched it recently in um, we went to see a, a live orchestra uh, playing along with it. Yep, uh, oh, I saw that, and it was really really savage. Yeah, it was great, and uh, there was a little bit at the start where James Cameron was talking about it, and he was saying that the first Alien movie was a haunted house, but the second one was a roller coaster. It was always moving forward; you couldn't stop. Just to stop you for a second, did you see a guy walking in late to that like an absolute asshole? Was that you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck about the people who walked in late it's the people who left early oh fuck that because like the credits were rolling and people were getting up and I was like they're, they're playing out the credits the orchestra like we have to wait for them to take a this ballad is a big yeah, this like, is yeah. they, they finally get to <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah. god I was at the very front so I didn't see anybody leave I don't know if it's just people who are like uh, when that happens it's, they're just so used to okay film's over yeah, it's not exactly. a Marvel film so I can get up and leave early exactly so. but um I'll give a shout out to the Adams family as well. I really, really like the Adams family. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think every, like yeah, I, when you actually think back on who's in that, like Christina Ricci, Christina Ricci, Raul Julia. Yeah. Before he went on to the career-defining M Bison. Um, mm. the, <laughs> how can you get two Oscars for best actor? Like it's amazing. It's <laughs> just you know, he gave him two. Just two best actor. One best wasn't. Actor. He's held himself up, like yeah. you know. Um, he wasn't but, even. Yeah, the man. He got best actor. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Like, did, yes. Like, people yeah. just forget that he was Uncle Fester. Yeah. And he did it so well. Like. In that not quite a fat suit, but more of a, a wide suit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah It's yeah. just this weird shape. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And just the, the facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. And, I, uh, um, but, Olivia Houston. Yes. Olivia Houston. But I, I don't know what kind of a movie that is. Uh, Adam Sandler. It is just an ensemble movie because yeah. it, what about you, Hannah? What's your film? Sneakers from 1992. Ooh. Good shout. It was the first time I went, oh my god, I'm really young and now I know what an ensemble cast is. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time I went, oh look, there's like a gang of guys and they're all guys and they're cool and there's... Yeah. There's no one clear leader. I know it was kind of Robert Effort, but not really. Yeah, it was. Donald Donald so, so. River Phoenix and uh, Sydney, Mr. Sidney Poitier. Mr. Sidney I have not seen Sneakers. Have you not? Is it, it's a, is it a really heist movie or something? Really good. Kind of? Kind of, but more uh, like, maybe like Ocean's Eleven meets MacGyver. Mm. It was, it I should was have said like, Ocean's it, Eleven. That, that's the ultimate one. It was, it, was a tech, it was a tech heist back in the day tech where heist, tech yeah. was just starting to come out. Yeah. Right, right. So there's a lot of stuff and you're like, wow, that's old. But like, but at the same time, you can recognise that at the time they were trying to stick 
fairly close to what tech was while not alienating the audience. Right, right. It was it was a decent attempt compared to some of the shit that was pumped out in yeah. the early nineties. Yeah. Like, yeah, like right. the the net. God, do you remember that? The piece net was of, amazing. Shit. <laughs> the net had a scene in it where a doctor who had medically examined a woman forgot who she was because she'd been deleted from the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and. and I'm, I'm sorry, but like, and, then, and none of it was the internet. She was never using the internet. She was just using Visual Basic the whole time. Yes, it was something somebody had built in Visual Basic and running on their Windows three point one one machine. Like, like people don't think of Mission Impossible as aging as being that old. God, yeah, right, yeah. Do you remember the very first Fast and the Furious movie? What they were stealing were DVD players. Yes, <laughs> and that, like, when you say that to people, like, that can't be true. <laughs> it's. Like that was it's, a hell, it's a hell of a hell of a hell, it's a hell of a ride. Hell of a film. <laughs> but I, I will not have a bad word spoken about Fast and the Furious. You know my feelings on that. So. <laughs> what, were they, what were they stealing in the last one? Uh, nukes or something? Oh, I, I don't know. It's it's a, invariably they're, they're going to end up in space. Yes, they, they have to. It will they, be. There's nowhere left for them to go. They, yeah, they're yeah. constantly on top of the previous. They're going to end up in space. It's going very Saints Row. They're in the White House now. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care about that though. Oh no. I prefer Saints Row to GTA because it's like so if you have that. Not, idea, not the last, not the last one. If yeah. you have a sandbox or if you have this kind of ridiculous yeah. world, just keep going bigger. Oh, so yeah. what's the crack for not having jetpacks in GTA? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Come on! Took them how long to get a jet bike? Just... Is that maybe Fast and Furious like the bastard descendant child of like unwanted child who lives under the stairs of sneakers? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the legacy yeah. you can trace yeah. down through. Like. Unlike Castaway, the worst ensemble cast movie of all time. He used <laughs> the volleyball and Winston and him. And Tom Hanks. No chemistry, no. No. Nah. <laughs> all, right, all you could say as well. Uh, what's the other movie with Tom Hardy where he's just driving to Wales? That was it's actually an amazing film. Yeah, I'm just saying, I can't remember. What's the name? It was brilliant. I can't know it, but I know. but that's Tom that was Hardy in the car with a dash cam. But that's the thing. It's like like the Tom Hardy and that cannot. It's it's not just called Drive or Driver or something, is it? Drive, Driver. Drive is the is it, no, but is it Ryan Driver? Yeah, yeah, but there's like three films called yeah. Crash. Yeah, is it Driver? I can wind all the the moral of the story is the but yeah, like that film where it's just him and like if you get the right actor. It's one thing that, like, why I'll always credit Ryan Reynolds as being a really good actor is if you see Buried, where mm. it's him in a coffin on his own for most of the film. You're like, it's brilliant. He holds your attention. Mm. It's a really good film. Mm. And it just kind of shows that it's like, yes, he can act. And, and Adrian just... Brody when he was trapped up in his car, that movie. It's also, well... Village? Um, the <laughs> no, the piano. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and what's the anyway? We're well? doing the opposite of the podcast. Yeah, sorry. But, but uh, what's the name of it as well? Um, I love the, the the rising star of um, Colin Farrell when he was in Phone Booth, and everyone was like, "Oh, look at this kid! He can act!" And then like afterwards, did SWAT or something. Everyone was like, "Oh wow!" Wish <laughs> myself, just my wagon to the wrong. Yeah, actually, actually no, there's a good ensemble one that he was in was um, well, two of them uh, in Bruges. Mm, in Bruges is great. It has some seven psychopaths oh, as well. I wasn't even thinking seven psychopaths. That's seven psychopaths is bigger great. Bigger and I was actually, I was actually going to say uh, spot. Yeah, you know, yeah. We we can let him away with it. Everyone had their problems. It's like Ben Affleck. Yeah, sure. You you did giggly, but then you went and directed Gone Baby Gone and stuff yeah. in the town. We'll let you away with it. Like, yeah. wasn't bad in the sex tape. But oh, that was disgraceful. Yeah. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't oh, be and um, oh. I'm, I'm, what's her name is there uh, Sharon Osbourne it was like some panel show and she's like hey, someone mentions the sex tape he's like yeah yeah and, and she's like I love that it was, 
I very much appreciate that sex tape and he's like right and then somebody mentioned something else about him like something embarrassing about him he's like can we start talking about the sex tape again this is not true at least he's got a sense of humor was it probably let's not talk about turn level it's games we've done films that's everyone's film yep games I suppose GTA had three great leads is that a samba cast? Yeah. GTA. Uh, GTA is actually a really good example because yeah. you, you, you play yeah. through. You're not. There's not one character. You switch between them. Yeah. yeah. And did the you, dog. Did you ever play Commandos? Oh yeah, with uh, Jack the Butcher. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And it was it was a very Blues Brother kind of feeling of you going oh, yeah. through and putting the band back together, so you had to go and rescue your various. Oh, that was commandos. great. And then you would have him for the next yeah. Week, yeah. And then the Irish accent that I was like, coming over. Yeah. And it was the most grating thing. You're sitting there going, Yeah, it was feeling like going to be racist against me. Yeah. yeah I, that's not cool. I haven't had that since far away with Tom Bleep Green. Tom Grills, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Far and away was a was a bad example, yeah. He punched a horse in the face. <laughs> we weren't even filming, I just yeah. <laughs> Looked at me funny. It's not even the worst thing he did. Doesn't, doesn't like people being taller than him. Uh, <laughs> on screen. It has to be the same height as the horse. That's not how this works. Same height as the horse. Okay then. Bring in one of those malnutrition baby horses. <laughs> <laughs> what would your, your games be? Uh, I can see one of them there on the couch beside you. Yeah, I, I, I want to find any excuse to talk about this game, so I'm going to use Ensemble Cast as an excuse okay. to talk about it. The game I have chosen is Clive Barker's Jericho, and the team are a pyromancer, a reality hacker. That's somebody who pulls out her laptop and starts typing, and reality changes. Of course. You've got your blood mage, who is like the dark goth girl, and she cuts herself, and from the blood that lands on the ground, briars spring up, and all this kind of bullshit. Uh, there's a telekinetic who is just you, like a voodoo motherfucker. And so then, how is that different from a reality hacker? Yes. I, I'm invested. Yeah. You have to explain this to me. Like. And then the last was just an exorcist. Like, they, they just, but every single one of them looks like they knew they were going to a Matrix party, so they all knew they had to wear black leather, but they all got something slightly wrong. So it's, it is like one of the cats from Hackers, one of the, like, kid, like girl from The Crow, Somebody is, from is, something is, else. Is, is this like the bit from, from uh, Super Troopers where they show up at the restaurant and she's all in leathers and he's wearing spandex? He's like, bikers. Bikers, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. It is, it is 100% that. And it's just every bit of the story, it just felt like Clive Barker was getting so fucking excited. He's can I have this and this? And you're like, sure, Clive, whatever you want. And then what, what if his, his arm is a gun? And he's like, that's absolutely fine. But forget about him. Let's do the exorcist guy now. <laughs> and he's, he fires ghosts at people. Aren't, sure. you a, aren't you a ghost? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know, it's like the actual one for like my favourite cast and uh, ensemble cast type thing in a game is Broforce. <laughs> from twenty fifteen. It works really well. Yes. The fact very, that you good. could you can apply Bro to so many of the characters and I have just some of my favourites here. Rambro. Yeah. <laughs> Bro Mando. BA Bro Rackus. Bro Hard. Braid. Bro De- uh, Bro Dread. Brobocop. Indiana Brones. The Boondock Bros, Brochetti, Bronin the Brovarian, <laughs> Ellen Ripbro, Broniversal Soldier, Bro Max, Double Bro Seven, which is probably the best of a lot of them, Broheart, the Brolander, and Broly. And if you've never played it, it's a side scrolling game of chaos. Yes. It's the only real way you can explain it. It's just absolute chaos and anarchy and so enjoyable to play and so many nods to so many films like I, I listed off what like 10 or 15 there 
there's like 30 or 40 characters in it there's the bro spre- uh, the bro spendables are in it and all the members of the expendables are there Brilliant. in some form yeah. and it's what just the men in black guy the, it's bro and black yeah bro and black, bro right. and black. It's, uh, and he has the noisy cricket from Brilliant. the first men in black film and it's just such a well done thing it's, a, it's actually a really good game it's hard it is it's difficult and it's it's fun and it's one of those games that's just such a simple idea and you're like this could be either really stupid or really well done yeah. and it was just really well done mm. yeah He's much more like, can, can he be president? He's not really president. Doesn't matter, can he be yeah. president? <laughs> and it's like, as if they were to put someone from TV on, as a president, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. You make that joke now, but what's his name? Was a, Reagan was an actor. That's yeah. True. So, like, he was doing, like, black and white cowboy films and everything, yeah. like, mm. decades before he was <laughs> thing. Like, people always forget that. You made an actor the president, look what happens. Like, yeah, they did it before. So, like, <laughs> it's not the first time. Nothing bad's, bad's ever come out of the Reagan era. No, no, nothing <laughs> ever. But no, that, that'd be my one, the West one. I really like the show Veep, and I really like the fact that they never show the president. Like, for, yeah. for the. Uh, you, I wonder if somebody actually read the synopsis and how it was meant to be that they never show the president in the West Wing. They're like, we could have a go at that, right? Yeah. Could we not actually hire a president? Let's just not cast it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, here's, a, here's a confession. I had never heard the term POTUS before and right. it didn't click, so I just presumed it was President POTUS. His name was President POTUS. <laughs> the President of the United States. The POTUS is coming. The POTUS is coming. Then, then it's like, hang on a minute. They've already, they've already someone else. Oh, it's President of the United. Oh, God. They, they even <laughs> make that joke in the first episode of The West Wing. There's a point where um, <laughs> Rob Lowe's character sleeps with a hooker accidentally. Who's actually Lisa sure. Edelstein, who's sure. um, Dr. <laughs> Cuddy from House. Well, I've been there. No, but she's, she's Dr. Cuddy from House. Um, the same uh, actress, like. And um, he's like, and he goes, oh, his pager goes off. And she's like, oh, you're in a shower, the pager went off. It was a message, POTUS in a bike accident. He's like, I gotta go. And she's like, it's Saturday and it's 6.30. He goes, yeah, I gotta go. And she's like, tell your friend POTUS he's got a weird name. And he's like, it's not my friend, he's my boss. And it's not his name, it's his title. It's President of the United States. I'll see you later. Oh, yeah, and he just yeah. walks out like. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I like that because they've, done, they've framed it. Because I reckon a lot of people wouldn't necessarily yeah, yeah, term. Absolutely. So they, they use it in such a way of like. Like I was at the end line. of Veep before I copped it. Yeah. <laughs> well, season one, end of season one. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's I, fine. I love that show it's because brilliant. because they because everything is reacting to something unseen, mm. which is presumably what politics is actually like. Like you don't cause stuff, you react. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a very negative view of it, but it is my view of it. My mum does that all the time. If you open a DVD box set and there's six discs, she'll just pick any one of them and stick it on. And she's like, doesn't matter. I was like, it does matter. You're watching Bones. There's a serial killer on the loose. You don't need to know who he is yet. She's like, one of these will show me. It'll be fine. <laughs> that would infuriate me. Yeah. I, I, oh I my god. Do that. She, I'll be. She'll be watching like Big Bang Theory and like the characters' haircuts will change and stuff like that. And she's like. Why is she doing that? I was like, because you're not watching them in any sort of order. You yeah, that's being bang theory. It's yeah. not like there's a story or content in them. I'm pretty sure she watches that because she thinks that's what I do. She's like, you do nerd things. I'm like, I, I guess. <laughs> Thanks. It's useful. Um, I'm going to change my film. Uh, after you mentioned Eddie Murphy, I'm going to change mine to The Nutty Professor. And the ensemble <laughs> cast is all the Eddie, Eddie Murphys. <laughs> all the Eddie Murphys. It's like the Jesus is the castaway, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll only act opposite me. That's because no one else so. wanted to do it. What would be your TV series, Tom? For the ensemble cast thing, I was thinking that I should do uh, a sitcom just because that's the kind of classic TV it is, yeah. uh, style of it mm. never really watched Seinfeld and I didn't want to pick Friends and I never watched How I Met Your Mother so I picked Coupling okay. um, and one of my favorite like the lads sitting chatting are having the most stupid conversations but they kind of realise it 
Uh, and it was just just reveling in the stupidest shit. I think one of my favorite ones is like, I'm writing a sci-fi movie, and it's about a woman who's got a brain in each breast, and it's called <laughs> the woman with two brains. It'd be three brains, Patrick. What? Because she'd have three brains then. I suppose you're right. <laughs> I find Friends to be the most solid one the whole way through in Supercaster, but I don't want to mention it because I'm not going to mention Friends. Yeah. <laughs> but it is right. really solid. I, it's done so well. When you when you were saying actually that you couldn't talk about wanking on yeah. something like Friends, there's an amazing clip from the last season, um, uh, Blueberry Reel. Right. Where it's the the bit where um, Chandler and Monica are telling everyone they're they're giving up the apartment. They're going to move out. Mm. And everyone says no, but this is this is your apartment. This is this is the whole. This is our thing. Like and like you know Ross is kind of sitting there looking all down downcast and he's like. Sometimes when I'm over in, in my, on my own in my apartment, I look over here and Chandler's here and he's just gone to town on himself. That's fucking phenomenal. Like, oh, he just drops that in. Like. I heard a great description of friends, which is it sent to someone. And they're like, yeah, it's an all right show. I mean, I've seen every episode twice, obviously. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good show. Uh, it's not the best show. I've seen everything, though. I've always yeah, seen... But you know, it, was so, it was such a permeating part of culture growing up. Like, I remember like that and Father Ted were the two kind of shows that defined secondary school for me. Because mm. it used to be the ones that people would talk about the next day in school. And then Hannibal started. And like I remember like just sticking one on, cooking up something, about to take a forkful of food and just seeing something screen, pushing yeah. my food away. Like, no, nope. nope, I could watch any other procedure. I could watch people stripping flesh from bones and Do you know what? Bones. It's the one show that uh, I thought would actually affect me like that. And all fat jokes aside, I like it doesn't bother me. Like when I see it, because I think it's because it's that whole thing of I've I studied how they do special effects. Yeah, yeah. So when I look at it, I'm, I'm just looking at like, oh, and I know how they did that by using blah. And you know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't bother me. Like, I get such mixed results from people when they when he puts food on the table, half the people I know is like, oh, it looks so delicious and rich. And other people are like, it looks dead and sad. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a very kind of bleached colour palette. Yeah. They make it, he puts down a Renaissance painting every time. It's yeah. like this very stylized version of food. The, the birds that were drowned in wine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, apparently he wants to eat that. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> but also you heard this. I love birds about. drowned in wine. Yeah. Anyway, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, cool. Elmer, what was your TV ensemble? I suppose Twin Peaks is too compartmentalized to be an ensemble cast. Is it? Not really. It, uh, it, it, does jump around in a course, way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise I was coming into the Black Lodge when I went out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I the podcast, I was like, where's the log? Because you know what it is, you know when you see something and you think, oh, it's Twin Peaks. No, again, it's not. It's just a log. Yeah. Oh, hang on, no. Who would have a log cushion if it's not Twin Peaks? <laughs> no, no, and no. And that's no. Like everything else. I was like, if you're in Johnny's oh, house, you can yeah. assume it's Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah. Twin Peaks or Silent Hill. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, we're, if it's not ensemble, we can definitely say supporting cast. It's, it's, yeah. The supporting cast is nothing like is on has been on TV. Yeah, the, the the casting in it was magnificent. Yeah, um, it's the, saying that thing of like people wanting to work with them and wanting to be in the show. Uh, watching the new series, Michael Cera shows up at one point. Yeah, and just does this rebel without a cause character. <laughs> so awkward. No reason to be in it. No. Like I I have to believe that David Lynch just thought it was funny. He was like, Yeah, was like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do anything. You'll do anything. All right. <laughs> but I, but I also wonder is if it, if it's him doing uh, if it's David Lynch being like. He's contacting people that have been new actors have come on the scene yep. since he did the last season. Yeah, he's like, 
Can you? Uh, from from his films, they're, they're, like practically, yeah, they're practically all from his films since Twin Peaks. Yeah. yeah. So you've got Naomi Watts, Laura Dern, you've got. Um, Heather Graham shows up at one point. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Tim Roth was, but I was so happy he's in it. I think you're right. I think that's what. I think definitely Lynch gets that. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think he probably didn't even have to contact Nine Inch Nails to be in that episode. No. I'm almost like. Oh yeah. I'd say. Oh, well, no I, I automatically assume that inside of Dave Lynch's head is just the Nine Inch Nails sound. Yeah. Like, yeah. Know, well, they, they they worked together on uh, Last Highway, so. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would imagine. Well, maybe he did. I'm not, I'm not, he's not. He's not the like, god. Like, the people will. He has contact. No, but I'm sure if he like, like I mean, he would have child, contact like, Perfect Drug was written the, for Last Highway, was it? Or it doesn't really work in books. In books, I like it where there's a writer that I I read a lot of and I love is Dan Abnett. Um, phenomenal writer. Uh, has a really good method of going like top of page hundred. Here's a brand new character. Yeah. And it's a it's a war novel or something like that. Mm. Here's a brand new character. One paragraph in, you know everything about their character. You know that he's married and he has two kids and mm. yes, served in the military for 20 years and it's been a quiet life, but then only something recently has gone wrong. And then a, a paragraph later, you know all about the character's ticks and what pisses them off and what they're yeah. trying to achieve. And a paragraph later, they're dead and it's not even the bottom of page 100 and you're gutted. Yeah. Yeah. He just has this really good way of doing yeah. it, but it doesn't translate well outside of books. Mm-hmm. I think in film, it's better to, or in TV, to introduce a character and just leave a little few drops mm-hmm. in here like, I wonder what they're like because yeah. you don't have that whole kind of someone standing there on the side of the screen going this meet this guy this yeah. is what this guy's about it's yeah. more can, kind of you can't kind of show and don't tell and like yeah, the guy has yeah. two different colour lenses in his glasses he's like oh, I bet he's a character I bet, I yeah, bet yeah, yeah. Yeah. if you're talking about Twin Peaks it could be a doppelganger could be a doppelganger yes <laughs> or it could be a tulpa instead of a doppelganger which you're just splitting up again it's absolutely insane but they, but they can do that and that's why you get Colin McLaughlin is a supporting character in that kind it's of like, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of is and he's yeah. amazing in it because there's no, there's no, well, I don't give away too much. But it's, but yeah, but I, I, I like, I think that's a better approach in, in TV where, and I think that's why. I wonder was that, I, yeah, I wonder was that how they got Colin McLaughlin? They said, you don't have to play just Cooper straight off the pre- Although they wouldn't have written. Oh, Rick. he, uh, the, the interviews coming up to it, he was saying that he really enjoyed playing Cooper and he, like, everybody looked like they were enjoying, like they, yeah. they talked so fondly about their time of working with, yeah. on Twin Peaks and working with David Lynch. And he like he loves the character. He was saying, "I love playing Cooper because it's someone who's very powerful in terms of his job, but also the kind of person he is. He never has to demonstrate it. He never pulls rank. He never like strong arms someone. Yeah, it's yeah. just such a nice character. This strange understated character. And I was like, man, he fucking knows that character so well. Mm. Like he yeah. can't wait to play him again. Apparently, the when they were doing the Jose Chung's from Outer Space episode of the X Files, which is mm. a big nod to uh, to Twin Peaks. There's like the whole references with the. He walked in and he ordered a slice of sweet potato pie and he'd order a coffee and a sweet potato pie. Yeah, it's just, I like that they put an ads to it because it's definitely, you can tell. Like, but yeah, but even then, like apparently David Duchovny was really reluctant to do it until he read the script and then he was like, oh, this, is, this actually kind of captures it pretty yeah. well. But yeah. then he apparently contacted Clive McLaughlin and was like, before I do this, because yeah. this is basically your character, this, I'm, this is Mulder via Cooper. Yeah. Is this it, like? Are you okay with it? And he was he was allowed to look at the script before they shot, oh, it, nice. and he, they were like, "Yeah, no, go for it." Cool. So they're like, uh, I, I like that if you're gonna do a nod to it, they're at least re- like even the actors themselves are not like you know we're kind of reverential about it. Like, well, they do the the dream episode of Buffy. Is is it called Revelations or something? Um, and it is just like there's a bit where I'm like, I wonder if they're doing a nod to Twin Peaks, and it's just 
red curtains yeah, and yeah, a chevron yeah. on the floor and I'm like I wonder no more that's, <laughs> that's very direct thank yeah. you that's, that's beautiful uh, the only downside to Twin Peaks going for another season is that like the Simpsons are going to feel obligated to do <laughs> yeah. enough more episodes yeah. to, to cover the red, the new season alright yeah what's the, is there homework for, for this episode homework is uh, I'm going to watch Sneakers yeah. Uh, and I'm going to change my name to Portis McPortis Face. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.